Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 34 for Monday, June 25th. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Farbode Markazi and Ray Estrada. How are you guys doing? I'm back. I'm back. You are back. I was back. Yeah. Guess who's back? Wow. Back again. No. The 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 return. Um, are you sitting in the dugout currently with a mustache on your face to disguise yourself? Well, then you're not as cool as Ichiro. Ichiro. Well, yeah. Well, he is the best. The just the best player around. Even though he's not playing anymore, he's still the best player around, and he's doing it in new ways now finding ways to blend in he threw bp earlier this year he tried that out i guess i don't think that's still a thing but um he decided to try the mustache on in the dugout to to disguise himself from the uh from the press of course constantly bombarding him but um yeah he's still very much making the news on a on a regular basis and uh I wanted to uh, start off this podcast by also um, talking about the petition for him to be in the Home Run Derby this year, which I hope is actually a thing that gains traction, because who wouldn't want to see that, right? He's never done it in his big league career, and right now it seems like he has all the time in the world to just practice hitting home runs, so... I don't see what the problem is. Do you guys? Yeah, I'm sure you guys want to see Ichiro in the home run derby, right? I I, I want to see it. I want to see if the rumors are true that Ichiro can basically hit home runs on command. I mean, yeah, because I'm sure he can. I, I've never I've learned to never doubt him. Have, have like, you learned? Well, he was. I I guess it was rumored that he was going to do it in like 2009 or something like that. If somebody else wasn't able to do it, either way, this year. 2018 would be the year for it. So if this petition actually is still a thing as of when uh, this gets uploaded, I don't know, maybe I'll, if it's a real petition, I'll include a link, I guess. I don't even know if it's that kind of petition, but um, let's let's make I it just, happen. I, I just know the Mariners are trying to get him into the home run derby. I don't you know could how ach- they are. You could achieve the same thing by just tweeting hashtag Ichiro home run derby, I suppose. See if there's an actual hashtag. Yeah, or make it. Be a trendsetter. If you're going to make one, put beat the shift at the end of it. No no real reason. It'll just help us. All rights reserved. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. So that's that's your Ichiro update. Get him into the Home Run Derby. This was more of just an important announcement before we get to the the rest of our podcast. We got a lot to talk about. We got a couple records that have happened recently. We We got a... Really close fight between Hunter Strickland and Adore. Uh, we've got what else? We got. We'll talk about the opener a little bit. Some very interesting developments after just you know about a month or so of this even being a thing that happens in baseball. Um, another potential game of the year candidate happened over the last weekend. We'll talk about that, and we'll wrap things up with Stat Game, everybody's favorite. We haven't done the it in so long. Return of Farboat and Stat Game today. Yeah, because oh, yeah. you kind of need more than two people. But more, to do more stat so Stat Game because that's been way longer. Right. First Stat Game of the year. I think so. Yeah. First Stat Game of the 2018 season. Coming up later. Um, but for first, we'll go ahead and start with the Dodgers, who basically had 
their way with the Mets this weekend, including a Sunday in which they hit seven solo home runs in a game that they won eight to seven in extra innings. I don't, I can't recall a time where a team has hit seven home runs and only won by one run. Can that must be something that's never happened before? Maybe I. I it just that, has that, to be. That is wild. Seven home runs account for kind of for all seven RBIs that the Dodgers had. Do you know why they only had seven RBIs today? Yes, because Matt Kemp grounded into a double play and a run scored on that, and that's not an RBI. Boom! Very I good. got it. I know my baseball. Just just keep, keep it on your toes. Uh, yeah, you know the Dodgers I mean, ran a rough shot over the Mets more or less all weekend, but especially today. A uh, couple, but the Mets also got seven runs today on a few home runs. Maybe one or two, actually. But, uh, no, Dodgers sweep the Mets, make up no ground in the NL West, uh, set it at MLB record today, and uh, screw the Pirates this weekend. All right, um, all right, Dodger fan. I mean, in the end of it, (laughs) I feel like this is one of those things that, I mean, we just talked about this before we started recording. Baseball is one of those sports that the weirdest stuff happens almost every day, and this season's been amazing for that, and this is just one of those things. I'm very glad this is a thing, though. Because it's very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, let's. I'm gonna test your Dodgers fandom right now, Ray. Can you name all seven solo homers in this game? And bonus points if you do it in order. But just and if you don't all. do that, um, you lose that game for the rest of the year. That's not what he said. But um, give it your best shot. Kiki Hernandez, Max Muncy, back to back to lead off the game. Wait, was that today? It was today. Yes. Right? Okay, it was. Yes. Yes. Uh, Kiki, or sorry, Cody Bellinger. Um, no, no, it's wrong. No, <laughs> already no. No, that was no. Cody Bellinger's first. I, I was getting mixed up. Um, okay. Come on, you gotta do it in a timely manner. Kike, Kike again, right? So that's four. Um, yeah, so that's four. Shoot, you got this. Come on. Ah. <laughs> uh, Ray, I'm looking at my time. I I know Bellinger had Bellinger had another. I believe that was the sixth one. Yeah, I'm going out of order. You're missing Turner. Turner had the game winner. I can't. Okay. Fifth one. I'm gonna give you five seconds. Five, four, three. Kemp. Two. No, it was Jock Peterson with the fifth homer of the seven. Well, that was. We like to do trivia here, obviously. So he's only six sevenths the Dodger fan. Yeah, that's. That's good math for a boat. Good job. Um, the point is, seven homers is a lot of homers, and the fact that nobody was on base for any of them was <laughs> was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, the Mets did okay. They scored seven runs. They tied the game in the eighth inning with a three-run bomb of their own. So By who? By Kevin Plowecki. Boom. Very good. Got it. Um, <laughs> we're basically just showing off our, our memory of, of games that we watched earlier today, which is not entirely interesting, I know, but, you know, well, just, you know, it's, it's just something to do, you know? Um, the <laughs> Mets, though, have kind of hit a rough patch as of late, Dodgers helping do their part with that. Um, their offense has kind of been nothing, their pitching has gone a little bit cold, but, you know, there have been bright spots for the Mets even even still. You know, Brandon Nimmo has been killing it. Um, Jose Bautista's actually been good with the Mets. How about that? 955 OPS, 
in 77 plate appearances. Uh, I think that was before today. Uh, joining the team, I think he did. I think he got a couple hits today too, or reached base a couple times. But you know, they they don't seem like a playoff team still, right? The Mets. No. There's there's three considerably there's, better teams. In that yeah. Team. The Mets. These the Mets. The Mets started hot, and he thought, okay, they have pieces that could sustain it, and then they didn't sustain it, and then pieces got hurt. Yeah, pieces the stadium caught fire. All kinds yeah. of stuff happened, and then you yeah, realize so. they're the Mets. Yep, it was it was just you know it was a facade for for about a good month or so, but it's over. It's over. Sorry, Mets. Um, let's go ahead and move on to some other. This this one should be a Mets story, but it is not. It's a giant story. Let's talk about Hunter Strickland, who of course has a reputation for being a guy to hold grudges. You know, Bryce Harper is, is mortal enemy. Um, you know, that, that's been, you know, one of the storylines going around his career. Now he's got a new little signature to go along with his name and his career. Uh, he's the, he's the guy that injured himself. Uh, he's out about six to eight weeks on the DL by punching a door out of frustration. So I'm sure he's not the first one to injure himself punching something in frustration. Um, LeBron James being one of them. Um, although he he still was able to play the rest of the finals. But Hunter Strickland, you know, he, he really hurt himself. He's not He was the closer for the Giants. Not anymore. I think he apologized to his team or whatever, you know, formality that was. But, um, yeah, injuries like that, are they're pretty fun. The, uh, the out-of-the-park type of injuries. Would you you would say, uh, what did you guys think about huh. that storyline? Did you laugh? Did you cry? Were you were you thrilled? I'm sure Ray was thrilled being a Dodger fan. I I I laughed. Yes. I <laughs> I I just thought it was funny. I kind of, I mean, if if I was gonna rate it out of the scale of laughs, I probably smirked a little bit, but um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that like, ha, huh, you you're stupid. <laughs> well put. Well put. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ooh, Melanson. Yeah, Uwe, this is another example when you and I talked about Carson Smith's injury. We need a, like a punching bag or a designated drywall yes, spot to yes. vent. Excellent we need point. To be safe right. outlets for anger. Yeah, I, it's so e- it's such an easy two, concept. Two significant injuries this year, out of sheer frustration. Right, and I it's so easily avoidable. Or they could make the dugouts foam. Well, you know, there's there's or a like lot of ideas. Wrap. Bubble wrap, just bubble wrap furiously popping bubble girl. wrap is a good way to <laughs> just, stress. You just wrap the dugout with bubble wrap, and you, you see someone strike out and go back and start popping bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> one maybe. <by> one <laughs> it's probably very easy with cleats on, too. Like, there's there's lots of options. Um, Pretty sight to see. Yeah, I think my favorite of the uh, the anger outlets for players would be to, to like you said, have the drywall designated area in the dugout where you can punch through it cleanly and then you just see you you know you don't um repair the wall ever and you just accumulate a bunch of holes in a, in drywall in the dugout i think that would be the best option still um yeah so maybe a couple more injuries like that and we'll, we'll start seeing some creative solutions who knows uh or maybe players will just learn that they should not be stupid about throwing their uh their money makers into doors so who knows let's move along here 
and talk about let's go talk about the Rays and the Yankees. The Rays swept the Yankees over the weekend. It was a it was an interesting Sunday game anyway. Uh, it was a tie game between the two teams when Clint Frazier did something that happens every now and then, and that's hitting a ball into the roof of the trop. And there's always various outcomes that are always controversial. But uh, this one looked like it was ticketed for the left field seats, and it hit a speaker um, hanging from the ceiling, and Adania Echeverria, the shortstop, caught the ball. So he was out. That's Those are the ground rules. The speaker's in play. That's impressive. It was, it was a pretty impressive catch, I will say. Okay, but I'm not very well-versed on the rules there. Is I thought if it hits the roof, it would just like a double or something. You, not, you, like would think, double. you would think. Um, apparently not. I, 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 I think what it is, it's either certain things in the roof, catwalk, speakers, whatever, are foul. Certain ones are in play. I don't think there's one that gives you a ground roof double. So I, here's, I, here's what I had seen or I had heard before based just strictly based on the other occurrences of this happening that i can recall uh i do not think there's foul and fair ceiling territory because there have certainly been foul balls balls heading into foul territory that hit a catwalk and come back into play and those would have been fair balls or you know vice versa but the i think the way it is is that there's like multiple rings in of catwalks in the in the ceiling and then if you go out of that first ring um in in fair i don't i don't even know if it's in fair territory or what but they're they can be ruled homers but this one just went off a speaker hanging from the ceiling and it was ruled in fair territory which i think is really stupid like tropicana come on that's that's got to be at least a ground rule double get your stadium together it's the yankees fans did their part and filled it up halfway with Yankees fans for this series. So so, so I, I pulled up the catwalk round rules okay. for, for Tropicana Field. So a batted ball that strikes either of the lower two catwalks, notice C-ring and D-ring, including any lights or suspended objects attached to either of those catwalks, as well as any angled support rods that connect the C-ring to the masts that support the D-ring in fair territory, over fair territory, that is a home run. Batted ball that strikes either the upper catwalks, A ring or B ring, including the mass that support each of those catwalks, uh, angled support rods that connect B to the C ring, fair territory. That is in play if caught by fielder, batters out, runners advance at own risk. Uh, batted ball that is not judged a home run and remains on a catwalk, light or suspended object, that is a ground rule double. Uh, batted ball strikes catwalk, light or suspended object over foul territory is a dead ball, foul ball. Those are the ground rules at Trump. Hmm. All right. So that's that's for your own edu- edification right there. Hopefully you're paying attention. There will be a quiz later. Um, oh, thank God. you, Ray. Thank you, Ray, for for informing you're welcome. us and the listeners. Um, so, yeah, with this, this series also, you know, the Rays are notorious for using the opener. That is their thing this year. They've, they have uh, taken credit for that one, I would say, in pioneering – uh another teams I mean, have tried it since then yeah. the dodgers have tried it i don't know to how much success and uh the dodgers have used it as necessary basically right but there is also cases such as the mets using it on this sunday game in which <laughs> seven solo home runs were hit including two to start the game 
for the Dodgers against uh, Jerry Blevins, who is normally a lefty specialist type of reliever. So I guess there are still flaws. But overall, it seems to be something that the Rays haven't scrapped yet. Um, I'm trying to see if they used an opener this weekend. I don't believe they did. Uh, since... I... Well, uh, on Friday they may have. On Friday, yeah, Friday they did. They use um, uh, Stanek. Yeah, they use Stanek a lot for the opener. Ryan Ryan Stanek, not spelled the way that you'd think Ryan would be spelled. Um, <laughs> that's always frustrating. Um, bonus points if you know how his first name is spelled. R Y O N. Uh, nope. Incorrect. Ryan. Nope. That's how you spell Ryan Healy's name. Yeah. There's uh, there's three different spellings of ryan in major league baseball and that's disgusting i hate it r-a-i-a-n okay okay come on we, we can't spend w- we can't spend R- w- <laughs> we're getting warmer um the rays you know have been using it with a decent amount of success considering their starting pitching has just been decimated um you know we'll okay, respond to like, the newest addition to the bullpen when you're looking at this, and I I saw the Rays doing it against the Angels when they did it, and I was like, I mean, the Rays always happen to be a team that like are really into analytics, so I, I it makes sense that they do it. And then when the Mets do it, I just think that the Mets are trying to find anything that works at this point. Well, their starting pitching is in rough shape too. Like they're not yeah. they're not just trying it yeah. because, um, I think it 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 definitely has its merits so far. I don't think we have a large enough sample to work out statistically if it is a superior option. No. And, I, I you know, it's yeah. hard to say because there there are pitchers like Ryan Yarbrough and Wilmer Font usually coming into these games to clean up. Um, so, you know, you're going to get some, some skewed stats there. It's not like you have uh, Chris Sale coming in to face the – to start his outing against the four or five hitter and then just working from there. So, you know, there it, a lot remains to be seen, but the fact yeah. that it has survived this long is really impressive. And one of the great parts about it is that we get this amazing stat, and that's to do with Sergio Romo, who is the the pioneering opener, you could say, uh, starting consecutive games as the opener a couple weeks ago. And in his last 20 games he's appeared in, he has pitched in... The first, second, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, wait, tenth, and eleventh innings. And today he pitched a couple <laughs> innings and extras against the Yankees. So that is amazing. And that's only so in, does his, his manager just hate the third? Um, does he hate the third? I'm pretty sure it's strategic. I think Sergio Romo has a specific clause in his contract also that states that he is not obligated to pitch the third inning. I'm completely kidding. I really want him to pitch the third inning his next outing now. I don't even know how that would work, but hopefully it happens, right? Yeah. I for to bring a logical explanation for probably why not the third is is that traditionally openers will go one or two innings. Traditionally, and, as in as in the last month or so. <laughs> traditionally is a word the 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 norm has been that they go one or one to two innings and you would expect that probably the earliest you would bring in a guy like Romo, if, if you have a starter actually starting a game, would be the fourth about. So I think the the third is, that's why. But to have all the other innings is very impressive. Yeah. So opener, maybe, maybe, maybe going forward. But 
it, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. Um, one pitcher who could have definitely used an opener earlier this week was Stephen Wright of the Red Sox, who gave up 10 earned <laughs> runs in his start against the Mariners. Nelson Cruz with a couple three-run pieces off of him. Uh, 10 earned runs and leaves the game with no decision. The Red Sox storm back and win the game because Mariners pitching. So, you know, that was something that I think had not happened for a very long time, for at least a couple decades, <laughs> I believe. So Stephen Wright definitely got bailed out there in terms of the win-loss record, which, of course, everybody still uses as the best measure of pitcher value. But, uh, you know, Stephen Wright's been okay otherwise this season. And, um, yeah, the Red Sox and Mariners duped it out. The, the uh, I think the Red Sox won the series. Either that or they split. I don't remember if they played Thursday. But those are a couple teams that are definitely looking poised to make the playoffs. So that's always a fun series. And, um, yeah, I'm just kind of recapping the weekend briefly here before we move into stack game, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, how about we talk right now about another game of the year candidate i think we've had a couple this year there was a really good indians game earlier this season that i can recall but this one i i think has it beat the orioles beat the braves 10 to 7 in 15 innings so first off you got interleague play which is always fun um you have a high scoring game 10 to 7 there you go extra innings into the 15th love it and the way they got there, also very interesting. The Orioles, in the top of the ninth inning, scored six runs against... Oh, to start and starting off against Dan Winkler, who has been very good this season. So that's surprising in and of itself. They had a four-run lead going to the bottom of the ninth, and then Zach Britton proceeds to give it all back. Braves score four runs, and they're tied. And then they kind of forget how to score for six innings or so uh, until Manny Machado hits the go-ahead homer in the 15th. So that's the recap of the game. I don't know if either of you watched it, but certainly a candidate for game of the year. What are you guys thinking? If, if, I have seen highlights. Yeah, I think, it's, I, I think it's pretty fair. Also, Ed, in, you talked about interleague play. It was in it was in Atlanta in a National League park. So Buck Showalter had to deal with pitchers hitting uh, pinch hitters, stuff like that in 15 innings. So I, I'd say uh, a very good game of the year candidate so far. Mm-hmm. I got to start writing these down because I don't actually have recorded the other game of the year candidates so far. I do remember there was one Indians game. In- Indians-Astros? Yeah, that's the one. That one? That's the one. Um, Farbode, any thoughts on just a good old-fashioned back-and-forth game? Huh? I second what Ray said. Okay. Easy. Easy, easy. Um, I'm speeding it up for you. Don't worry about it. Thanks. Uh, A couple more things before stack game. Reds went back-to-back games with pitchers hitting home runs, including a grand slam from their starter, Di Sclafani, and that led to a four-game sweep of the Cubs. So good job, Cubs, with taking care of one of the worst teams in baseball. Very, very good job. The Cubs and the Dodgers know how to handle the Reds, for sure. Yeah, in yeah. four games, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, what else? Oh, I should have mentioned this when we were talking about the Ichiro stash, but Alex Bregman, in the middle of a game, apparently 
shaved his his porn stash that he was rocking in his first at bat because next time up he was clean shaven thanks to the the diligent viewing of uh reddit of course they they always notice this stuff so and i i do believe he uh he proceeded to hit better the rest of the game and the astros ended up winning so clearly a good move by alex bregman good strategic baseball move there all right enough wasting time we're here for stat game that's what everybody wants to hear ray is going to lead this one if you want to briefly explain what this is for anybody that has not uh listened to a stat game before uh go ahead and let them know what that means all right so this is stacking this is a game that we like to play when there is more than two people on a podcast uh basically i somebody finds uh a leaderboard on stats on fan graphs or baseball or baseball reference um and the other two refrain from looking at stats uh as we prepare and then they try to guess the leaders of this category the um the highest on the board will win a point there is five categories and farbode usually wins uh uh-huh. so let's get into it all right you co- i think uh, you covered everything yeah that's that's about it um so the first one, a relatively simple one. Who leads the league in BABIP, batting average, balls in play? We'll go to Farbode first. Um, Altuve? That's a win. He got it right <laughs> away. Okay. Well, yeah. this, this is fun. Um, I mean, right. Just like I remember hard. it, too. That, I uh, just, that's I that's mean, a good just, guess. It's always a good guess. Yeah, for for shits and giggles. Do you want me to do you want me to guess somebody? For Trout is fifteenth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Number two is very interesting. Number two is very interesting. I'm trying to just think of high batting average hitters right now, and I'm having trouble with it. Um. I I honestly have no idea. Like Eduardo Escobar, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's Matt Duffy. Matt Duffy, Tampa okay. Bay Rays. I would not have guessed that. Scooter um, Jeanette is third. Matt Kemp is fourth, okay. and Albert Almora is fifth. Okay, that Tell was. Me, I would have either guessed one or fifteen, and none of there those. There you go. Well, Farbode's <laughs> doing his thing. Uh, let's move it up. Move yeah, Farbode's doing his thing. Uh, so let's move on to the next stat. Uh, we stay in the hitters category. Uh, who has the uh, the highest Ground ball percentage. So who is I go first here. Yes, I say I say Ian Desmond. That is another win. Got it. I need to pick better categories. I know Ian Desmond hits a ton of ground balls, for a fact. I I did not have to to look up that stat. Do you want to ballpark the number of his ground ball percentage? Sixty percent. Sixty-two percent. I was gonna guess sixty-three. Sure, Sure. Farbode. Sure. Any 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 guess at number two, Farbode? Uh, D. Gordon. John J. D. Gordon is ninth, so not a bad guess. But uh, John J. Uh, sitting at around fifty nine point six percent. Eric Hosmer, Trey Mancini, and Nomar Mazzara round out the top five. Is D. Gregorius category. up there because he grounds up to second base every single at bat? It seems like. Except when he hits one uh, month. Well, that was just one month. Gregorius is... 
I do not see okay, him on no. the. Let's reassuring. Anyway. Top, uh, yeah. I like to hear that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so next one. Now we move over to pitchers. So walks per nine. Who who walks the most batters per nine innings? Uh, it goes back to Farboda on this one. It is one to one to score on the scoreboard. Um, Giolito. He is second. Oh, okay. Tyler Chatwood. It has to be Tyler Chatwood, right? Please. It is not Tyler oh Chatwood. Oh my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> How is it not Tyler Chatwood? Tyler Chatwood has uh, 170 walks in the season, and that, I'm sure that's not even that much of an exaggeration. Tyler Chatwood. I actually don't see him on the top 30 in, in walks per are nine. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He... Yeah, Tyler Chatwood is not there. Uh... Any of you want to take? I mean, far about with that one. Anybody want to take a, another stab at number one? No, I can't. It's Tyler Chatwood. It's Tyler <laughs> Chatwood's alias. Um, Who it could it? Aaron Sanchez. Number one. Aaron Sanchez is third, right behind Giolito. Lance far Lynn about, is. Farboud, how are you doing this? <laughs> Lance Lynn <laughs> is. Uh... Aaron Sanchez just played the Angels, so I saw some stats there. <laughs> oh God. Well, and yeah. I knew Giolito was bad. Lance Lance Lynn leads. Or not, not bad, but couldn't throw strikes. Not leads, but five point six two. He walks uh, in those guys for nine. For nine, yeah. Lance so, Lynn, but yeah, Tyler Chatwood. Interestingly, let's, so I'm let's not see if we can find him. I'm not cheating here. I'm I'm looking up just Tyler Chatwood's numbers right now on the season, just just yeah. for my just for my own sanity. He has thrown 68 and a third innings this season, has 63 walks to 64 strikeouts. And if you count hit batters as walks for the most part, he has 67 runners put on base via walk or hit batter to 64 strikeouts. That's in- unbelievable. And his ERA is only 3.95. He has an ERA under four, and he walks more batters than he strikes out. Yeah, but not that many. Actually, not that many walks per nine. Well, how many? How many? It's nine. Yeah. It's like nine per nine, right? <laughs> almost. Almost oh, wait, nine it, per nine. Sh- yeah, wait. It's close to nine per nine. Sense. He's not up there. What? Wait. What? What is the number? How much? What was the leader? Five point six two. Five point six two walks yes. per nine. Who is? Who was that in first place again? Lance. Lance Lynn. And, what? I'm very confused. Does it? Do they have walks? He must. Here? He just must not be very like. Is he not qualified? Tyler Chatwood has eight point three walks per nine. He, he might not be qualified. He is possibly not qualified. What? Yeah. Okay. Can I? Can I get a? Can I get a ruling on this one here? I'm glad I, I checked this. No. <laughs> Tyler Chatwood's thrown sixty-eight in the third innings, and has made. Tw- he has made fourteen starts in the year. Oh boohoo! This is the official qualified list on Fangraphs. This is ha. this is some BS right here. Ha. Tyler Chatwood is the right answer. I am going to proceed the rest of the stack game playing under under protest. Let the record show. Continue though. We'll, uh, see, if, we'll see if it comes just down to for it. reference. Just for reference, the lowest um, the lowest innings pitched uh, for qualified pitchers right now is actually Lance Lynn at seventy three and two thirds. You're kidding me. So, so he just needed five more. Innings. Unbelievable! <laughs> I under protest. Damn. He 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 could protest isn't going to be approved. 
yeah, it's unfortunately it's not going to. We need to wake up the, Rudy right now. The, <laughs> the the thing about the the thing about Chatwood is that he has room to spare to have not walked those guys and gotten qualified and still would have led the category by a significant margin. By by over three walks per nine, I believe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Oh, come back okay, to this later. We'll see so, if it even matters. Yeah, so two to one for both can lock it up here. Under or we can go to a fifth one. Uh, so staying in pitchers, who? Which pitcher has the lowest swing percentage against? Who swings the least back against? To Uwe? Back to Uwe. Back this to is qualified me. pitchers. Huh? Lowest who gives swing. Up, who gives up the least yeah. swings? Or not least, but I mean lowest percentage of swings. And it's not swings and misses, right? Just swings. No swings. This is swings on all pitches. Oh. Um, that's an interesting one. Who just throws like a ton of pitches? Um, or who walks a ton of guys? No idea. Kevin Gosman, my guess. Kevin Gosman, not in the top thirty. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so I have to pick one of the thirty guys. Yeah. Um. Huh. 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 <laughs> There's a lot of waiting in stat game. I guess we didn't mention that. Also. Yeah. Uh. This, swing percentage. This... I'm. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Cause. Could I just technically go with one of the guys I guessed last round? You can. You can guess what, anybody. Sure. I mean, like, cause like. When I'm thinking about it, if you walk a lot of guys they're not swinging at those pitches at least um aaron sanchez aaron sanchez is eighth okay well how about that if you had guessed the guy that you actually guessed lucas giolito you would have gotten uh number one really yeah lucas giolito uh batter swing against him 40 percent of the time Hmm. so 60 percent of his pitches go to the catcher without anything trying to get in the way except maybe the dirt but all right then yeah all right so, so last one i, I, I no under protest i won considering my pitcher had for a walk for Uwe's pride nope it's it's reality <laughs> the pitcher i pride the pitcher i stated had three more walks per nine than all the right. next closest hey, pitcher. you're not gonna win that protest just guess just guess for, for Give us the last pride one. nope we go back to hitters. Uh, who sees the most, the highest percentage of fastballs? What hitter is thrown the highest percentage of fastballs? That's for you, Farbode, to start. But, it is but, for Farbode. Who sees the highest percentage of fastballs? I don't know. Um. <laughs> Hell, uh, Mike Trout. Eleventh, uh, surprisingly, I would. I didn't I think would... you would have gotten a lot of fastballs. So my guess is Paul Goldschmidt. Not there. Not on the top thirty. Okay. I think you're just bad at this game. No. So... Well, you know what, Farbode? You just pick angels and things you see from angels broadcasts. So. I guess the Angels. I guess the Angels broadcast is really good at preparing you for these games. I should watch more Angels games. 
That's my bad. I mean, if oh, if you were watching Yankees games, you could have guessed that Brett Gardner was number two. Oh, ooh, I got told. Oh. <laughs> I, I guess Paul Goldschmidt because I know for a fact he's been struggling against fastballs this year before this month anyway where he's been on an absolute tear so that probably had something to do with it but I figured that had something to play into. And yeah, no, Paul Goldschmidt is not in the top thirty of cool fa- of uh, guys who see fastballs for a road so your protest is rendered ir- irrelevant because even if you guys were tied for a would have won. Right, I'm I'm used to it. <laughs> So as I said, for road wins, uh, any other shot at any of the top ten, really? Oh, for the fastball Anybody percentage? Just, yeah, fastball percentage. Cause... Oh, for the number uh, one. Uh, bleh. I don't know. Bleh. Um, <laughs> well, outside of Brett Gardner, I told you that. He's number two. Brett Gardner. Nope. D- dang it. I was going to guess him. <laughs> uh, uh, let's Aussie go Alves. with... No. That's not what I would have guessed. Well, sorry, but... I guess I'm just so bad at this game. Uh, yeah. Um, top 10? Yeah, right. basically top 10. Farbo, you just already won. You don't have to think so much about this. Come on. Fine, I'm just going to let Ui. Um, I'm, I'm just going to give this one to Ui. What do Ui, you get an extra guess. What, uh, what an, uh, like a fourth guess just for this one? From the kindness of Farbo's heart. I already, why are we drawing this out so long? My uh, my pride is gone. It's shot. Just let it be. Um, no, Chris, I want you Chris to Davis pick. on the Orioles. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DJ LeMahieu leads the stat. Uh, he sees fastballs 69% of the time. Nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the perfect uh, way to end it, really. Uh, yeah. Brett, Brett Gardner, 64. Matt Carpenter, Lorenzo Cain. Denard Spann, Nick Marcakis, Cesar Hernandez, Ender Enciarte, Jose Iglesias, Billy Hamilton round out the top 10. Yeah. So that does it for yeah. that game. Uh, Farbode wins, as usual, rendering a possible protest by Ui irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, yeah. Uh, a triumphant <laughs> return for that game in 2018. And for both. Yeah, it will not be the last. We will definitely do this again, and I will come back with a vengeance. So, don't worry about it. Okay. Well, that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you, everybody <laughs> who stuck around the entire time. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe so you get all our new podcasts. And we do want to hear what you think, so get in touch with us on social media at BeatTheShiftBP on Twitter or Facebook. Those are the best ways to get in touch with us. So make sure you do that. Also, check out BeatTheShiftBaseball.com to see all our podcasts and articles, fantasy rankings, all that good stuff can be found there, BeatTheShiftBaseball.com. So that is it. Thanks again, everybody. As always, Farbode. Peace. Peace.